friends, I'm Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, realtors, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. My guest today is Stephanie Mojica. Stephanie helps executive coaches, business consultants, business owners, attorneys, and other decision makers generate more money online and become the go-to expert in their field by guiding them through the step-by-step process of writing and publishing a book. There's a lot more that goes with this introduction, but I want her to be the one to introduce herself to you guys because I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Katie. It's an honor to be here. And yes, I'm a, the easiest way to say it, I guess, is I'm a book development coach and a book editor. So if you're stuck writing your book or you've recently finished writing your book, I'm the person to go to. I love this. And I think that, well, we'll get into this here in just a little bit, but I think that, you know, writing a book might seem very daunting to a lot of business owners, but I feel like you're going to tell us some of the tips and tools to make it less overwhelming and less stressful. So let's dive right in. And I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about your backstory. Tell us where you grew up and what life was like growing up for you. So I grew up in Hampton, Virginia. That's in the United States for anybody who's listening in other countries. And was a child of the late 70s, you know, 80s and 90s. Always was interested in writing. My late grandmother was a published author. My mother has always written. One of my grandmother's ex-husbands is a well-published author in the new age space. My grandmother and uh, former uh, step-grandfather were publishing new age and poetry books way before it became popular. So I was always around book publishing. And then like when I was in high school, you know, I helped edit some of my grandmother's books because I always had eye for editing. And then I did some things in the community because I knew I wanted to be a journalist. So I got involved with the Habitat for Humanity because I thought that was a great cause. And I could also gain some skills in writing and editing. So they started me off. I was, I think, about 15. They had me on the public relations board. And then they wound up making me the assistant editor of their newsletter. So I got to go out and interview people, do writing, layout and editing, and got paid for some small articles in community newspapers when I was still in high school. So that's just um, the childhood story, and I could go on for hours. But the long and short of it is I entered college. I had taken some college classes while still in high school because I wanted to skip the introductory English classes and get straight to the journalism classes. So I was taking journalism classes as a freshman in college, usually had to be a sophomore or a junior. And so by the end of my official freshman year in college, I had an internship at a very large daily newspaper in Hampton, Virginia, my hometown. And for the next 17 years, I would be a newspaper journalist and also dabble in some other things around writing and film and TV, as well as you know the coaching, teaching, et cetera. Wow. Well, that's quite the journey. How did you end up becoming a publisher? How'd you go from the newsroom to the publishing side? Well, like I spent some time in Los Angeles around 2002 because I was interested. I mean, I was still working for newspapers in and around LA, but I was really interested in becoming like a television show writer, but that was a really hard industry. And so when I was trying to learn about writing for TV, 
I wound up again in something that had to do with books. I worked with a literary agency and just, I don't know, one step led to another. I guess it would be in about 2008 when I published my own book for the first time. I had had a personal crisis and had gotten a life coach to really help me figure some things out because I was never making much money as a newspaper reporter. And so she was helping me figure some things out. I started figuring out how to make good money freelance writing online. And then I published my first book. And then it, it was just like a journey. Like anytime someone in whatever community I lived in, I lived in several states in the United States before leaving the US two years ago, which is another story. But anytime somebody needed something to do with a book or publishing, they would come to me. So it just kind of grew from there. I love this. And I'm so excited for you to really kind of tell us how we can write a book. Because like I said before, I feel like it can be, it can seem very daunting. <laughs> and well, how am I going to have the time to it? Or, or I'm not a writer. Who's going to want to read it? So I think that uh, I love, I know that you're going to have some great tips for us, but I want to just start with one question that I think that a lot of people might have is, is why writing a book is essential for consultants or, or small business owners that want to compete in today's very crowded marketplace. Well, you just answered part of the question. The marketplace is really crowded. I'll give a statistic to demonstrate. So before the pandemic, there were approximately 1 million people on LinkedIn who had a job title like life coach, executive coach, business coach, etc. The last time I checked, which was a few weeks ago, it was over 6 million coaches on LinkedIn. So the market is really saturated. That's just LinkedIn statistics. So there's a lot of people out there who are saying they're coaches, and they may be very fine coaches. But I also notice a lot of the marketing language, because I get a lot of people trying to sell me stuff all the time. The more visible I become, the more people try to pitch me. To buy their services, buy their stuff. A lot of people are just using the same language, like, I'll help you get more clients. But nobody's, some of these people just aren't saying how they'll do that. So I think as a coach, consultant, etc., a book is an opportunity for you to show how you help your clients. You don't have to give their intimate personal details, although some of my clients are happy for me to do so. But you can really demonstrate your system. I think that most coaches worth their salt really need to have some kind of system. Like I have a nine-step process to take somebody from book idea to published book. So, and I'll be writing a book on that soon once I'm not working with so many folks and find the time myself to write new books. But it's just that book is an opportunity for you to show who you are and also teach people. There's Obviously, not every person is my ideal client. That's probably the same for you. But you can still inspire, inform, educate someone through writing the book. So, and it doesn't have to be like a 500-page book either. I think that's another common misconception. Yeah, you know, that's, that's actually uh, leads me right into my next question. You know, what do you think for people that think that they need to be the next uh, Stephen, well, I was going to say Stephen King, but, <laughs> you know, the no, next, the next, <laughs> the next big author out there that's writing novels. What do you think a good realistic goal is for a lot of these people that might be kind of toying with the idea of writing a book, but think that they need to have a 500 page book to really make it move the needle for them? All right, so I want to make a, a couple of distinctions. So for some people, 
and some people do come to me, they really want to write a memoir or a novel and somehow use that to like improve their lives and businesses, which you can totally do. So some people just woke up like when they were little kids with this idea they want to write a memoir or a novel. But most people who are listening to this probably don't have that. So what I usually recommend is that people plan to do 20 to 30,000 word books, which makes it depending on what size paperback you choose, if you go that route, or you just do the digital e-reader, that would make it at least 100 pages, which is still a substantial book, but it's not like 500 pages. I also want to note that you put yourself at a huge disadvantage by writing a huge book for a multitude of reasons. One, people have short attention spans. I even do this. Sometimes I don't finish a big, big book, even if the topic interests me. The second thing is, you know, you're kind of cheating yourself out of money if you go throw all of your expertise into one huge book. There's a lot of people, because you can get passive income from book sales. So that book, that 500-page book, that could be three, four, or five books. You know, that's a really good idea, just taking that 500 words and making them into five smaller books. So I I love that idea. And I was also going to say, too, like, what do you say to people that say, ah, oh, people don't read books anymore? What do you say to those naysayers? I haven't heard that one lately. So in a sense, and it, it kind of pains me to say this, it almost doesn't even matter in some situations if people actually read your book. Here's why. Number one, so a lot of coaches, consultants, and other experts like to speak at conferences. You know, they like to pitch from the stage, etc. Nowadays, as of the time we're recording this, we're still in the COVID pandemic. Nowadays, those events are, you know, very, very uh, infrequent. So they're usually on virtual stages. Well, one of my coaches, who is a really big podcaster and author, informed me that a lot of conference organizers are not accepting coaches, consultants, etc., that do not have a book. Because that book is kind of like their credibility marker, their business card that sets them apart. So that's uh, one reason to publish a book. The second is, so we want people to read a book, but if they're not, the fact that you wrote a book really gets newspaper reporters, TV, etc. interested in interviewing you. I can't tell you how many clients I have that have been interviewed by Time Magazine, The 700 Club huge daily newspapers in Kentucky and New York and Indiana just because they wrote a book. It's really something that tends to impress journalists. Yeah, you know, that's really valid points. You know, the the people that have the the pen and paper to get your message out there uh, probably enjoy reading other people's books. So that's a very good point. Now, what would you say, how do you help people get their idea out of their head? Like, okay, I'm coming to you, Stephanie, and I want to write a book about social media. How would you help me get it out of my head and then into my ideal client and customer's hands? So the first thing we would do is we would, you know, we have an initial call. I would really just ask you some questions like, well, how does this relate to your business? What type of social media, et cetera? Most people who come to me, and because I was a journalist for 17 years, I'm really good at interviewing people. So most people come to me actually have more ideas than they know what to do with. So we usually spend that first call focusing in on one idea because a common mistake I see a lot of well-meaning coaches and other experts make 
is trying to work on five projects at a time. Seriously. So I always tell people, let's pick one book idea and stick to it. We can work on the other one for the next book. Because a lot of people I've worked with tend to want to like do multiple books. So I would just really get to know you, get to know your business, you know, your experience. I would also ask you, and this is a pro tip, if you have a lot of existing content that we could use to make the chap some chapters or even the entire book. I have worked with at least five people in the last couple of years who had hundreds of YouTube videos, recordings of talks on stages, or were just really good at speaking their thoughts. And in some cases, we're literally able to organize that into the entire book, and they didn't have to do writing at all. In other cases, we're able to make that comprise at least a good half or so of the book. So that's a brilliant idea. If you have a blog that you've been contributing to on a regular basis, taking yep. that blog and, and repurposing it into the book, especially too, I think that it's much more realistic that that could actually happen easily. When you said that books only need to be maybe 20,000 words, you know, that's not that many 500 word blog, you know, word blogs that you might have written. And each of those blogs could, you know, right. then be expanded upon or then put into their own chapters. So I think that what you're saying, especially by having that word count, is making it seem less and less daunting. Now, what do you say to somebody that maybe they're not a, a coach or consultant, but they've been a small business owner for a while and they want to maybe just get more traction around how entrepreneurship or their business, how would you kind of help guide them in this process? Well, again, you know, I think in this word, this term is probably overused. I think like establishing them as a thought leader is important. So I'll be honest, most of the people I've worked with in this capacity are coaches, realtors, attorneys, consultants, or like podcasters. But I have worked with a couple small business owners in these capacities. So it just really depends on the person. Like if somebody say a cheesecake business, well, there are plenty of things you could do to talk about cheesecake or maybe your life story. Like how did you get into this business? or even compile like a cookbook. There's a couple of people I'm talking with who are interested in having me edit their cookbooks so they can really try to promote their restaurants better, especially with this pandemic situation. So I think like a lot of people limit themselves before they really get to know themselves and what they can do. So Stephanie, we've talked about some of the basics of getting that book out there. We've got our book written. How, what are three ways that having a book can really help you create new, perfect clients? So the first thing is to be mindful of what is in your book. Definitely tell some client stories. You can change the names, genders, et cetera, if you need to. Show, not just tell, how you have helped people. I've tried to do this a little bit throughout this interview. So just things like that. The second thing that you can do is don't just drop a link to your general website in the book. Create like a free ebook or something and, you know, an opt-in landing page for those who don't know the jargon. That's basically the page where you're asked to give your name and email address in exchange for some type of gift. So you could put that link, a link to that in your book so people don't just go to your website and then never visit again. And then a third thing that you can do is 
get on podcasts and talk about your book. One of my coaches is really big on podcast book tours for authors. So it's just things like that can really help leverage you as an expert as well as get you some book sales, whether COVID is going on or not. Well, Stephanie, you know, I, I like to wrap things up with a bit of advice. So what is the best piece of business advice that you ever received? And how have you, how has that played out with your career journey? I'd say the best business advice I've ever received was done is better than perfect. I know a lot of people have said this in various ways over years, but Christian Michelson, a coach I worked with years ago, said that on one of the group coaching calls, and it still holds true. And I'm not trying to say you should do sloppy work. No way. I mean, I'm all about editing. I'm all about making, sure, you know, getting people to make sure that book cover looks nice, etc. But I think a lot of people, myself included, paralyze themselves by thinking everything has to be in order. Everything has to be completely perfect before they can even publish a social media post, let alone a book. So I just really would encourage people to move forward. And there's no shame in asking for support. That is so true. And I think that especially as entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, we can hold ourselves to sometimes an impossible standard. And yes. I think that sometimes it will just, we want it to be perfect. We want it to be perfect and perfection is the goal. And if it's not perfect, then we're just not going to push it out there. But right. there needs to be a time for you to just push it out there, show it to the world, it's done. And then how can you grow from this experience? How can you grow for the next time around? So I love that tip. And I think that that is something that we all probably have done at least once or twice in our careers <laughs> of just striving for perfection over overdone. So thank you so much for that tip. So before we finish up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about during today's discussion that you think is important for our audience to hear? I think that there's a huge misconception about self-publishing means it's like bad or somebody is lesser than, etc. There's so many advantages of self-publishing, like having full control over the content of your book. It's quicker to get it to market and you can literally make the decisions yourself. It's like you and your business and your book royalties, etc. So, but self-publishing doesn't mean you um, should do it poorly. You know, if you don't want to work with a coach, if you're one of those people that can self-motivate or use a, a short mini course like one that I have to get yourself started, you can, you still need to like invest in a graphic designer to have a nice book cover. And it's also important to invest in editing proofreading because I see so many book reviews on Amazon where people are commenting that it's obvious the book was not edited. So you just want to set yourself up to look as professional as possible. These things don't have to cost a fortune. So there's just, I think self-publishing sometimes still gets that bad rap. Well, Stephanie, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate our conversation. And like I said before, I think that you've made this not seem quite as daunting as it needs to be. 10 to 20,000 words really isn't that many. And self-publishing, there's nothing to be ashamed of you know, perfection, you know, done is better than just sitting there. So put perfection aside. So thank you again, Stephanie, for coming on the show today. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.